You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to another Page Turner with Big Dog and Little Stuff. I'm Stephanie Menard. And I'm Tom Hutchison. I am the Big Dog. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I mean... You make it sound like, yes, you are the Big Dog. I, I think it's a good thing, right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> My opinion shouldn't really matter much. But So it's been two weeks. How have you been? Uh, I have been all right. Um, just been busy with this Kickstarter, you know, as as we both are now that you've launched yours since last week. Um, it's been a, a crazy, crazy last couple of weeks. We're, we're way ahead of our last campaign, which broke all of our records. Um, we just crossed, crossed 25,000 last night sometime and we still have two weeks to go. So, um, you know, that's basically been my focus and, and getting, uh, actually you'll, you'll be happy to hear we're just about to wrap up Antoinette and get that over to the printer. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a lot of swirling pieces moving right now. So what you're saying is you're keeping yourself busy. <laughs> Always. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the, that's, that's the way, I mean, if you're, uh, if you're doing comics to the point where it's your job, you better be doing it to where you're busy all the time. Yeah. Comics don't sleep. That's one of the, one of the cool things and one of the sometimes stressful things. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They don't sleep. They don't stop. They don't, they, you know, they just keep going. And uh, if you're a creator and you're not continuing to go with them, then you just get left behind. So, you know, you've got to always kind of be on your, your A game to try and keep it, uh, you know, keep up with the flow of everything that's happening. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The last two so, weeks, like for me, have been pretty cool. I got to hang out with my best friend and I did my first taxidermy, which I know some people think is really gross, um, but I've always wanted to try it and I got to try it over the weekend and it honestly wasn't that bad. I, I love animals, so I thought I was going to get really grossed out and I didn't. I I. I saw your your mouse. Is he dry now? <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't touched him. Like I don't know oh. how long he's supposed to sit, and I have him like pinned in such right. a way so that he'll dry in that pose. And then I have to clip off his wires, and then I have to mount it. So I'm like, I'm just waiting. I'm being very patient. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely would, uh, would would do the same thing. Um, I, I don't know that I could do that. That's that feels really weird to me. Um, I think part of it is, is I'm an animal guy anyway. So like when, when an animal dies, it's like a bummer, even if it's just like, ah, oh, there's a, you know, squirrel that got run over. That sucks. Um, so, so kind of monkeying with them. I, I don't know if I could do it. So I give you big props for, uh, for having that ability to, to try that out. Yeah, I mean, I really had to, I was worried that it was going to upset me. To be honest, I'm an, also an animal person. I love like all animals and uh -huh. I, again, have never done anything quite like this. So I, I kind of pushed myself because it was something that I've always found kind of fascinating. And the way that I look at taxidermy um, is that you're giving the animal maybe like a new life mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're, you know, it's already dead and like i just want to be clear that the only taxidermy i've ever bought 
comes from a, a no kill, like the person, it's all found taxidermy. Mm-hmm. So they don't, you know, it's not inhumane. They don't go out and find things and kill them just to make them into taxidermy pieces. Oh, right, right. right. So, cause I don't, <laughs> yes. su- I really don't support that at all. So I'm very careful and very picky <laughs> about where I buy any taxidermy from. But I will say that I'm very proud of myself because the whole time I was doing it, I just felt like I was giving this mouse a, a, a new life and I was talking to it and I was like, you know, it's weird. I know it's so weird, but I was just like talking to my little, my little lady mouse and just saying, you know, I'm going to make you pretty. And like, I, I don't know. I felt like I was doing something nice for the mouse, even though I was ultimately taking off its skin, which is kind of nasty. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But I, I think that's, uh, I think it's a cool kind of valid point. The, the new life, even though it's new life as, um, I don't know, someone's <laughs> statue on their bookshelf or, or whatever they end up being. Right. Um, but that's, that's, uh, that's fair. I, I guess that's maybe even a little more fair than if you're, uh, you know, mounting a, a head on the wall, at least the whole guy is there, you know, like, yay, I'm a, I'm still a mouse versus I'm a head on a wall. Right. I'm this decapitated head. Hey, what's up? <laughs> exactly so that was pretty cool um i don't know if i will do it again or if it's something that you know was just kind of a one-off but i you know it was i pushed myself i'm proud of myself for doing that and uh yes i did that and i launched my kickstarter uh, Mm -hmm. have you funded it yet i'm sorry have you funded it yet you were really close the last time i looked oh yeah it's like 30 dollars away Um, oh beautiful it's kind of my own fault. It would have been probably funded in uh, like the first 24 hours, but I did raise my goal this time um, mm-hmm. because after doing the first one, I realized that I needed like X amount more to actually fully have enough money to do the printing and pay off my creative team. So I had to sure. adjust for that. Sure. And, uh, and then I was stupid <laughs> and I didn't send out the uh, update in the Aeonian one Kickstarter. Uh, And so I just did that today. And like right away I had like 10 more backers. Like, so it was just something on my part that I really kind of, because it's only my second one. And this is the first time I've had, you know, Oh, I can go back to this Kickstarter and, Mm -hmm. you know, send an update out. And like these 200 people will see that, you know, the next issue's out. So it was my own fault. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like what we talked about in Kickstarter. You know, there's, there's, there's always those little things, you know, it's, uh, it's a total learning process. I mean, I've done, I think a dozen of them now and I still, every time I do one, I look at this and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. What's what, what didn't I do? I even template these things to some degree because, you know, I want, I'm doing seven issues of Penny for Your Soul. So I want each campaign to essentially look the same. So you have that branding thing. But even though it's templated and I'm more or less just kind of dropping in images where I dropped them in before, but they're the new pictures, I still always am going over it like four or five times, like something's not right. Uh, so, you know, it's if you're doing Kickstarters, um, it's a process and you got to be prepared for, you know, all the little details. And, uh, and then when you do the next one, there's more details to, to figure out from there. So it's a never ending growth thing, but, um, you know, I think you've got it. I think you've got it down. And I've, I've um, got enough of it down where at least I know I can, <laughs> I can put one together and I can get it out there. I just yeah. have to keep myself on track with those little, um, details. And I think, 
<laughs> that'd be good. That'd be good for me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. No, you're you're doing fine. I'm 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 really happy to see uh, the response everybody's given your books, and um, uh, you know that's that's what Kickstarter is all about, really. I mean, the bottom line is is helping creators create, and uh, um, the response you're getting, I think, is fantastic. And same to you. I think, uh, and you have, like, yours are so cool, though. You have, like, all these different variant covers and, like, foils and, like, cards. Like, see, I just, I'm not on that level yet. I'm getting there. I do have an alternate (laughs) cover that I will be dropping as soon as I have a full version of it. I Uh can't drop that until I have an actual, you know, photo for people to see. So Uh that will be happening hopefully in the next week, I hope. Yeah, that's cool. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, enough Kickstarter stuff. Yeah, Let's, that's all. That's so last year. I know, right? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> that's so last episode. Ugh. Uh-huh. Um, so we both watched uh, the the Prime series, The Boys, which is based yeah. on, I believe it was a Vertigo comic. No, it was a Dynamite, Dynamite comic from Dynamite Comics. Okay, didn't it? Wasn't yeah. it from like... It went through two different publishers. I, did, uh, I thought it was. It Vertigo. might have. It might have, but I don't think it was ever part of DC because Vertigo is part of DC. Okay. So I you, don't you're... think it was ever there. But now that you mentioned that it it was part of two things, I think it might have been. Um, but ultimately, I think it was primarily a Dynamite book. Uh, right. But it is Garth Ennis who you know he bounces around to companies all the time. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it was Vertigo. I'm going to figure out what it is here in a second. Yeah. But so yeah. they made this really um very uh true to the story as in, you know, it's very graphic. It's very bloody. There's I I mean, it was <laughs> I, I I mean, you see full frontal male nudity in like the first episode. So that's how you know like going in right away that they're just not going to really pull any punches. <laughs> Right. Nor should they with this content. Right. Did you um, read the comic? Um, you know what? I I haven't read the comic because uh, I've been waiting to borrow it from a friend mm-hmm. and he loaned it to somebody else. So I've been waiting for about a year um, because he, my friend told me about it and was like, oh, you know, it's really it's hyper violent. But like this is a premise. I'm like, oh, I think I would really like that. And he has like the the big like there's like four like big hardcovers that has like the whole series in it. And he loaned them to a friend and I've been waiting for them for like a year. So (laughs) I'll eventually read it. Um, Have you read it? Uh, I read the first, Oh God, I don't know, maybe three volumes or so. Um, And then they did a spinoff called hero gasm, which was basically, you know, the scene where they walk in and all the heroes are basically having their big orgy in yeah. the TV show. There was basically a mini series about that a complete mini series. Oh, wow. <laughs> that went into that, that concept of, of the hero verse. Um, so I did, I, I did not read it all. Um, but I didn't stop reading because I didn't like it. It just was something that just kind of fell out of, you know, my reading material. And, um, at some point, I'd like to get back and, and finish it up. So a lot of what I was seeing in the TV show, I wasn't really remembering as as being part of the book, but I haven't read it in probably a decade. So um, a lot of key points I remember, like all the stuff they did with Starlight was way more over the top in the comics. Um, 
but it is the same basic idea where you have this you know, idle girl who they tried to turn into this, uh, you know, 90s femme fatale version. Um, but they go way deeper and way more ridiculous in the in the comics. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. Oh, and it was uh, Wildstorm. It was, Wildstorm. Oh, yeah, okay. it was published by Wildstorm first, and then it moved to Dynamite. I don't know why I was thinking Valiant. I'm crazy. <laughs> I am a crazy person. Um, but yeah, so you know, coming from not having read the series, but I've, I know a lot of people who have, and like they've kind of given me the premise, and you know, told me how violent it was. So I kind of went in, know, like knowing a little bit about what I was going to get. Um, but mostly blind because I hadn't read the source material and I was hooked from like minute one. Honestly, I think the idea of the superhero, you know, like the way that it's presented in the boys is so different than like, you know, the Marvel universe and like your mainstream, uh, superhero books that it's more human. These, these, superheroes are like really flawed and you get to see them as like like the human side of them way more like what types of people that they actually are there's there are these people that have these powers that are incredible but they're total they're either jaded or shitty or you know rapey like they're just all kind of like they're just like regular people but they have superpowers mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty yeah. much so I, I I liked that about it. It was it was very much um, a more human take on the superhero genre. Yeah, it's it's basically instead of I mean in this world the people still idealize the heroes. They just see the good stuff that they do. But it, this the the show kind of goes behind the scenes of of who these guys are when they're not you know pulling people out of burning buildings and, and whatever. Um, so that's where you get the, the, the interesting thing where they all are idolized, but uh, they're all for the most part um, schmucks. Right. And you know, they're, they're owned by a corporation. So they have to like publicly be these perfect, you know, these perfect shining examples of what a superhero should be and mm-hmm. they can't speak their minds they can't wear what they want to wear they have to be exactly what this corporation wants them to be and that you know is it, it's kind of a take on if you look at anybody who's in the public eye i feel like there's a lot of duality in who they are because not everybody's perfect but they always show that perfect outward side in social media and on mm-hmm. the news and things like that but um this kind of gave us that same type of thing just with superheroes and kind of how they are directed and like styled and they are made to look perfect and seem perfect but they're truly just not <laughs> they're just <laughs> not man <laughs> It, it, yeah, it's different. It's very different. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of the Marvel or the DC universes or that kind of stuff, I mean, this is a, this is a 180 degree turn from that. Uh, you know, it's it's what if what if you know the real world, quote unquote, got superpowers? This is what it would be, and it's it's kind of a mess, but it's kind of funny and um, um, it's it's kind of tragic. And uh, it was it was a it was a good story. Um, I feel like because it's only eight episodes. I feel like they kind of tried to do a little too much in, in eight episodes 
Um, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of the flip side to uh, to some of my problem with the Marvel TV shows is those get like 13 episodes and I feel like they just drag on and on and on. So um, I feel like somewhere right in the middle would have been a nice a nice uh, sweet spot. But um, it is good. I, I, I can't speak to the exact, you know, um, how perfect it was to the story or anything. Cause again, I, I didn't complete the story, but uh, for what it was and for how much it had to do, I think they did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very entertaining. I thought it was, it gives people who are like over the super, like I'm a little over the superhero thing. I really am. It's, but it, it, a lot of it's very formulaic and it's very, mm-hmm. it's becoming, it's becoming dull. I'm mm-hmm. no longer excited like I used to be, you know, to go see the next Marvel movie or, you know, I'm, I'm just not, that's me though. Obviously yeah. they're no, doing I'm, well. I'm with you completely. I mean, <laughs> outside of, uh, 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 what was it? What did we have here? We had Endgame this year. We had infinity war last year. So outside of those two movies, which I went and saw, I haven't seen a Marvel movie in the theaters since guardians two. Like I just, I didn't see Thor. I didn't see Spider-Man. I didn't see like Ant-Man, any of that. Um, there was just nothing driving me to the theater. Now I've seen them since, you know, video and so on, but it doesn't drive me to the theater anymore. Um, and, and that's kind of a bummer, but it's, it's because exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's, you know, specifically Marvel because they're, they're the ones that have this big continuity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a storytelling standpoint, it all just kind of feels like I've been here before already. Um, and, and everything is derivative of what's come before. And part of that is because of the continuity that they're trying to generate. But the rest of it is just the storytelling style just is not it's not elevating like I'd like it to see, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, OK, so I still haven't seen Endgame and it's not because I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I can't sit in a theater that long. I cannot. <laughs> so I think uh, actually today it's available to rent. So I probably will Brent Endgame, because I have, I, we've had this discussion before, Tom. My bladder is the size of a pea. <laughs> and, you know, I can't, I can barely go two hours at the movie theater without having to run out, you know? Sure. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make it through three hours. I'm not going to pay money to see a movie that I know I'm not going to, like, I'm going to miss something. So I'll wait till it comes out and I'll watch it at home. And I have sure. not avoided spoilers i know some of what already happens okay so it's not a big deal like i didn't even really care that i got some of these spoilers like i'm just like okay i want to see it because it's like the culmination of all of these movies and it's i know there's going to be like all these important things that happen but ultimately it was like yeah i can wait to see it and i know that's a very unpopular opinion but also you know i don't like to go to a movie that i don't think i can sit all the way through that's what i'm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I I share the same opinion. I mean, I'm with you on the same page. I, I went to see Infinity War and Endgame specifically because there are definitely movies, in my opinion, that deserve to be seen on the big screen. And I thought to myself, those are probably, you know, I can skip Ant-Man. I can skip Spider-Man. Those two probably I want to see on the big screen. I want that 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 huge experience for those two movies. So I had to go see them. And, um, and I wasn't really disappointed in them, in, in either of them. Um, but for, for Endgame, you probably could have run out in the middle of Endgame, taken a pee and come back and been fine. <laughs> well, and you know, uh, nobody told me that, though. They're like, no, you, you got to watch the whole thing. It's so good. It's like, okay, but uh, I will pee myself. This is not a joke, people. 
it's 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 fine, but really the movie, it, it it you're really there for the last I don't know forty minutes. That's that's the key. The rest of it's just kind of your like we talked about. You're kind of your standard superheroing thing. Um, again, it's not bad, but it's not. I wasn't I wasn't you know jumping out of my seat for it. It was it was fine. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the ending is unbelievable. I mean, the, the last 40 minutes are some of the best, whether it's superhero or science fiction or whatever visuals you will ever see on the screen. And, uh, you combine that with, you know, like we talked about this, this 10 year build up to this finale, um, that last 40 minutes is, is what you're really there for. And, uh, it does not disappoint in, in any way, shape or form. That's good. See, now I, I have something to do. And there's also a new horror movie that I think becomes rentable today. So I'm going to do that to The Curse of La Llorona. Oh, sure. I really wanted to see that in the theater. But like for for some reason, they didn't play it at like either of the two movie theaters that were like by my house. So I didn't get a chance to go see it at the movies. And Yeah, it got a very limited release. Yeah. And like for me, I will go see pretty much any horror movie like 95% of all horror movies I will go support at the theater because I want more. Mm-hmm. And in order to get more, I have to show the support with my money. Correct. And uh, most of the time, I am not disappointed. There have been a lot of really awesome horror movies coming out in the last decade that I've been really excited about. So, you know, I try to go. And if I really like the movie, I'll go a couple times. Like I saw um, Get Out in the movie theater, I think like two or three times. Mm-hmm. And then I bought it and I watched it a bunch more times because I really liked it. And, uh, but yeah, so like I try to show up with my money for things that like I want more of. Mm-hmm. So, like, Marvel, yeah, that's that's speaking with your dollar. I mean, that's how it works. Exactly. Marvel doesn't yeah. need my six dollars, they're getting everybody <laughs> else's six dollars, you know, like they're good without me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you had the one guy who saw it like 200 times, so he took care of it for you. There it's not go. a problem. Yeah. He, yeah. he spoke with his money for me, I guess. I don't know. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He helped, he helped your voice reach wherever bank account needed to, to hear it. Exactly. Um, but this, and, you know, long, what I was trying to get to, I guess, with, with, you know, comparing it like to Marvel, the boys, uh, it's, it's something very different and it, it felt fresh. And it's probably because I, I haven't read the comics. You know, they have been around for a long time, so this might not be fresh for other people, but for me it is. And it's a different take, and it's a more interesting take to me uh, on superheroes. Like, I'm yeah, here you've for this a, kind of story. Yeah, you've got to – you know, it's fine to have your your basics, but, um, you know, the superhero genre is so completely desperate for twists and turns and, and uh, you know, character modification and, and so on. Um, not, not necessarily – changing a specific character, but there's so much that can be done from, from creating superhero characters that, uh, you know, the boys is the perfect example of how you can do it. Mark Millar has done some stuff with it too, like kick-ass and things like that. The the superhero genre is not limited to Marvel and DC and what they do by any means. And, um, uh, invincible is another great superhero comic that, that, just wrapped up its run, I think, last year uh, from Robert Kirkman. So if you guys, um, you know, if you know Robert and you like superheroes, go check out Invincible. We're not done with superheroes, but um, there's definitely, particularly within the the concept of the movies, we're definitely at a point where we've reached kind of a, a, 
a level where we need to kind of step upwards and see what else there is beyond where we're at. Totally. And like, I loved Kick-Ass. I loved that movie, again, because it was it it was funny. It, it was like a fresh take. It was something different than was, you know, than what was being put out. I mean, the acting in that movie is so good. I just I loved it. It was over the top. It was just kind of ridiculous, but it was amazing. Um, oh, and another uh, Mark Millar comic that is a superhero book, but it's like a different type of one is uh, Huck. I really, really loved Huck. Like, really, really loved it. So I would love to see that turned into something like a TV show or I don't know. That'd be cool. Well, Netflix owns all of his stuff now. So who knows what we're going to get from him? Yeah, that would be rad. I would definitely watch that. Um, But yeah, you're right. There, There is, you know, there are other types of superhero stories out there. And it's just we're assailed with, you know, the big two. So we know, you know, Batman, Superman, uh, Captain America. We know all these characters. Um, and then there's all these independent creators making all these really cool stories that just aren't getting brought to the big screen or being noticed, but they're out mm-hmm. there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep looking, people. Like, there's so many, if you're really into superheroes, but it's feeling kind of stale, which is it sounds like that's where we're at here, look for those different types of stories. Superheroes can still be cool and interesting. It's not all Marvel and DC. <laughs> yeah. Do yourself a favor. Go go grab a couple of trades of Invincible from Robert Kirkman. Um, I, I will almost guarantee that you will love it. Um, and, uh, of course, I write a superhero comic called Critter. So if you like a little bit of the fun, uh, you know, fun stuff that we used to have kind of back in the 70s and 80s, um, try out some Critter. We've got that for you, too. There you go. See, <laughs> there's other stuff out there, man. Um, Tons of superhero stuff. Don't limit yourself to to two brands. There's so much that you could have fun with. Yes. And speaking of Marvel, everybody already knows the announcement for Phase Four came. You know that came out of San Diego weeks ago. Um, so we mm-hmm. don't want to rehash the whole thing, but we haven't really discussed it. So we decided we were going to talk about what we are excited about. And what we like the best and the worst, our best and worst of uh, phase four. Um, sure. <clears throat> I'm going to let you start. Oh, yeah. You oh, get to go first. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice of you? I, know. I get to be the bad guy right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm welcome. trying to find, um, trying to find the picture of everything. Well, if if you, I have it pulled up. So if you want me to go first, I will go first to give you time to find that. Yeah, because there's always all these things are so fake. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, here's Marvel Phase Four, but it's not Phase Four. It's yeah. just something that somebody made up. Um, <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Some of this sounds cooler than the real Phase Four. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to start off with my worst of, and this is going, this, I I just don't see the point of this at all. Okay. The Mm -hmm. the Black Widow movie. Why? Okay. Why? They, if they were going to make this movie, I feel like it needed to happen maybe five, six years ago. I don't feel that her character is a strong enough character at this point to handle her own movie. I don't feel that she warrants her own movie. 
That's my opinion. You don't have to agree. I just think that if they were going to do this, they should have done it like back when, like, I just don't care. You know, I might have cared six years ago. Might have. I feel well, like it's I, just I, I don't late. necessarily disagree with you overall. I, I will also say that Black Widow hasn't been Black Widow since Iron Man 2. Um, ever since then, she's just Nat. And that kind of bugs me. I want Black Widow. Um, but I, I think from what I heard, and this may be completely wrong, from what I've heard, the movie is going to be the uh, what did they call it? What would they always with Hawkeye Budapest? Like they always were referring to Budapest. Mm-hmm. It's supposedly going to be the, the Black Widow Hawkeye Budapest prequel thing, um, which I guess keeps her um, spoiler alert. I'll give you five seconds to turn this off. Um, keeps her from uh, her problems in um, uh, Endgame because she has problems in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of continuing those problems forward, they're going to go backwards and tell a prequel. That may not be what actually happens, but, um, that's what I, I understand. So telling a prequel, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll get a little more story for her, like create a story for her because otherwise she's, she's just kind of along for the ride, like you said. Um, but, uh, I don't, I, I think the black widow is, um, probably benefiting from Captain Marvel a little bit, the success of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know they've talked about a Black Widow movie for a long time, but oh, yeah. the fact yeah. that, uh, that, that Captain Marvel went bananas at the box office, um, I feel like that was sort of the, the instant light switch. Like, yep. Okay. Let's go ahead and lock this down and, and make it happen. <sighs> yeah. I still haven't seen Captain Marvel either. The preview for Captain Marvel looked so generic. <laughs> I just I I didn't want to see I, it. I, I swear, I feel like we're related somehow now because we're we're connecting in this weird way that I didn't know because I fully expected to hear from you that you were like all in on all of this stuff, and uh, <laughs> because usually when I talk to people about how flat these movies are, and again I'm not saying that they're bad, they're just kind of you know plateaued. Right. Um, most of the response that I get is like, "Dude, you're crazy! This is so great!" This is, and it's like. OK, but for me, no. And and Captain Marvel is, is that same way. Um, while it did have a lot of new stuff in it because you're dealing with space and, and all that kind of thing. Um, the fact that they put it back in the 90s, it just kind of felt like it was reaching for something to 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 anchor itself to because it in itself wasn't good enough. So it needed that like nostalgic anchor because mm-hmm. we don't know anything Again, most people don't know who Captain Marvel is. It's not like putting Captain America on the big screen. So they kind of had to do some extra stuff to to anchor the film and give it um, something to hold on to while it presented all this stuff that nobody knows what it is. It's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. No one knew who Guardians of the Galaxy were, but they used all that music and stuff to anchor it um, in, in nostalgia so that they could present something that no one had seen before. Right. And it, it, they made it really funny. They made, mm-hmm. you know, the main guy, like, kind of relatable. They, mm-hmm. you know, and so they, they were able to transition, like, a comic that nobody, nobody read it. Come on. Like, I don't know yeah. anybody who's like, oh, yeah, I love girl. I, you know, I've read all these issues. No, nobody I know <laughs> read any of it. But the movie itself was actually really good. And it brought interest back to the comic, which that's really neat. It's, like, cool to see that. Like, it's cool to see the movie is bringing people to reading comics, which isn't always the case. No, but uh, it does happen. 
uh, from time to time. But okay, so you know what? I will reserve my worst of on Black Widow until I find out a little bit more because it would be <laughs> like I love Hawkeye. Okay, I like his character, and I felt like they haven't really used him enough. Um, I know that they are doing uh, a Hawkeye TV series, which is going right. to be it, that. See that to me because there's they haven't really used him a ton in the movies. Like he's like missing from like three or four movies. Like he's just not there. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like, I just want to see more. But uh, my best of, like, the thing I'm the most excited for is actually, you know, it's hard. Because it was, it's a two way tie. Um, but the new Doctor Strange movie, we were talking about this before, and it was funny that that was what you mentioned because that I, that was my first thought was the Doctor Strange movie is going to be like a horror movie. The first, that's like, what they say. Yeah. Yeah. The first, like, kind of scary Marvel movie. And like, again, I will support that with my money because. I want more of that. <laughs> like, <Right>. yes. <laughs> so um, it was a tie between that and the new Thor movie, even though I'm not a big fan of Natalie Portman. And I wasn't sad when she was, you know, removed from the series. Sure. Um, And I feel like she said she would never do another Thor movie, but then they were probably like, well, here, we're going to throw yeah, we'll give you the hammer. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you the hammer and we're going to throw you a big bag of money. And have you seen how much money Thor has made since you've left the series? This is going to make mm-hmm. you relevant again. And she was like, okay. So she basically, you know, but whatever. I'm not there for her. I'm there for the uh, director, uh, Taika Watiti, I right. believe is how it's pronounced. I absolutely love him. And as soon as I heard he was on board again for the fourth uh, Thor, I mean, Duh. Like, that's just a no-brainer. So, Natalie Portman be damned. I'm going to go see <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> Hopefully it's not three hours long, because then I won't go see it. But, you know. <laughs> Keep it to two hours, guys. Come on. Maybe two and a half if you're stretching it. <laughs> right. Right, right. So, that, that that's my uh, best and worst at this point. Again, you know, we there's still a lot we don't know. So, this is like my first my first thoughts on this yeah um it's it's hard to really it's not that it's the worst it's that it's the one you're least interested in i guess right. like you can't yeah. really say it's the worst because it might end up being a good thing but right. um for me doctor strange is well i'm i'm going to go the opposite way i'm going to start with my best i think doctor strange could potentially be the best of this new slate of stuff um we're outside of the origin story now and we can, we can kind of cut loose. Um, he's firmly ingrained. He's really outside of black widow. He's the only one of these characters that's really firmly ingrained in all the continuity that we had, you know, we'll, we'll have Thor, I'm sure in some capacity in the Thor movie, but that's a, that's a transitional movie to, to Jane. I'm assuming they're going to give her multiple, you know, films out of that again, based on uh, captain Marvel. Why wouldn't you you know want to try that? Um, but Dr. Strange is so ingrained in everything, you know, with the time stone and with everything, um, that I think that that has the potential to be the biggest and coolest and most crazy, uh, uh of these, these films. Um, just Dr. Strange himself is awesome. The fact that you're talking about the multiverse now, you're going to have uh, Wanda there, who knows what they're going to do with her powers. Maybe she'll get more of those, um, uh, you know, uh, 
reality bending powers that she that she has in the comics versus you know just kind of the telekinetic stuff that we've seen um so i think that, that could go crazy i think it could be really really awesome that's but the one that i've been waiting for forever because i love cumberbatch perfect casting i mean if ever there was perfect casting that was it and uh you know the first movie was okay but again it just kind of suffered from that plateau of being an origin story and um and that's the one that i'm by far in a way looking forward to the most Yes. And of course, like we talked about, it is supposed to be a bit of a horror story. So I'm kind of expecting to see a little bit of, um, you know, some elements of, you know, potentially Blade or, you know, Werewolf by Night or, you know, some of that stuff that that they could expand out into Ghost Rider and so on. Heck yeah. And I I think for me, the the worst, again, the, the... and we're talking about the movies primarily here, not so much the TV stuff that they've announced. Um, the worst for me, the the most completely disinteresting to me is probably the Eternals. Um, I, I don't get that at all. Like nobody knows what the Eternals are. Uh, this is kind of it kind of feels like when they tried to shove the Inhumans down our throats for a few years. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the Inhumans are either. Now, nobody knows what Guardians were either. And, and they turned that into a franchise. But um, I think that I think the Guardians type of thing is is far more the outlier than the norm of what you can do with some of these characters. I mean, honestly, I couldn't even tell you what the Eternals are, truly. Um, and, and I've been in comics basically my whole life. I've seen the comics. I know they're in 50 cent dollar bins across the country. They have been for for decades. And now all of a sudden there's a movie announced and people are losing their their crap over it. And I'm like, ah. This doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so that's definitely at the bottom of my list for for anything that I care. And it will probably be one of those that uh, I will definitely pass on in the theater, barring some trailer that is is so outside the box that that uh, it would drag me in. Um, so that's kind of where I am with with the films. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, you know, I really hope that they're all awesome. I hope for all fans that they get what they want out of these movies. I'm just realistic and know that, you know, no matter what they do, there's going to be enough people pissed off that they didn't do the thing that they wanted. And it's just going to oh, be, yeah. so, oh, yeah. you know, just enjoy things for what they are people. I mean, you can have an opinion, but you don't got to be a jerk. Um, and re- really quick, I have some great news. Uh, Aeonian okay. 2 just be- was funded like 22 minutes ago. I just checked my uh, email. So, there you go. How like how what kind of timing is that? We're like doing a live podcast right now and that's of course when um we get back, which is that's amazing. Yay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And now like I'm so excited I have to pee, but I'm <laughs> We still have 20 more minutes, so I'm holding it, man. 20 minutes to wait. I know. 20 I... minutes to wait. We got to finish strong so it's worth it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, I did. <laughs> um, so this is for the uh, the Star Trek fans out there. Um, we were actually, I think, did we did we talk about? No, we didn't talk about the new Star Trek. I don't think Discovery, not Discovery. Uh, the new, um, uh, the new Picard series. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. So there's the new Picard series that's coming out for CBS All Access, and uh, oh crap, did I? 
Oh, no, I didn't close it. Good. Haha. So apparently, like, the show starts off and he's working at the family vineyard, which um, it's uh, called Chateau Picard. And so now they're making actual Star Trek wines, which uh, they have two, I think, that they're that are already in production or being bottled at this point. Um, one of them is a 2016. Uh, Crew, oh God, I cannot, a lot of these stupid words because they're French and I don't understand them. It's very, mm-hmm. can, I can't, it's some, it's a red from Bordeaux, France. And then there's a special reserve, uh, United Federation of Planets, Old Vine, Zinfandel. <laughs> um, yeah. And yes, it's a cash grab, but I love wine and the, um, special reserve Old Vine Zin bottle is so Star Trekky that I like I want to buy it just for the bottle. <laughs> it's so cool looking. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you remember when they did the uh, the the uh, the cologne about ten years ago? They had like Shatner. Well, that wasn't Shatner. It was like Kirk cologne. It was like red shirt cologne. They had a series of colognes that came out for the for Star Trek too. Really? I, how did oh, I yeah. miss that? Huh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm all for like there are certain things that have like a huge following like star wars and star trek and you know they've had these fan bases that have spanned so many decades they can get away with doing stuff like this and yes it might be a cash grab but people are still gonna buy it it's fun you know stuff like that's just outside the box fun that's that's that to me is far better than churning out another dozen picard figures you know for for toys r us or well we don't have toys r us anymore but um i i love that kind of more specific item um than than just all the the bulk things that get thrown out like there was um when they when they rebooted well they didn't reboot it they continued it but when they did the dallas reboot you know about six seven years ago mm-hmm. um they actually put out a jr ewing i want to say it was a whiskey or a bourbon something like that and i don't drink but damned if I don't want one of those bottles because I love Dallas <laughs> and I love the Ewing family. So I, I never got one, but um, those kinds of cool, very unique, uh, uh, fun fan things. That's where, that's where I get excited about that kind of stuff. I mean, anybody can make a, another action figure, but um, to make something really fun like that kind of outside the box of your normal standard collectible. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, just looking at it, and again, I I like wine. I I enjoy drinking wine. So for me, would you drink it or would you keep it well sealed? What I would have to do is buy two bottles <laughs> of each, um, and they run. I think the the old vine is either one of them's sixty and one of them's fifty. So I mean, mm-hmm. they're not cheap bottles of wine. At least in my opinion, like I don't go out and buy like fancy bottles of wine. I'm like, if I spend twenty dollars on a bottle of wine, I'm like, oh man, I'm drinking fancy wine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this would be like a special treat for myself. And so, yeah, I would buy one to try and then one to uh, age, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and keep it maybe for like a special occasion in twenty years if I'm still alive. <laughs> I mean, sure. hope, hopefully I will still be alive in 20 years, but, you know, there's no guarantees. So I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's pretty rad. I'm a little excited about it. And uh, my friend is going to be on the lookout to because uh, they don't ship to Michigan. So he travels. Oh, 
Yeah, they um he travels for his job, so he's gonna try to locate uh some and and pick them up for me. So I'm cool. I'm excited. That's uh <laughs> I'm excited over Star Trek wine. Woo. I think that's fair. I mean they've made they made Andor or not uh Klingon Klingon ale, is that what they called it? They've made that before. They've made Andorian ale and, and all kinds of weird stuff so it, it fits right into what they've done over the years you know it's just uh now it's for this new show so exactly um and uh, like romulan ale they've romulan ale that's yeah, what i was trying to romulan find yes ale and then like they've also done at like certain events they've done like pop-up bars too for star wars and star trek where they have made um like drinks that were from the uh bars on you know, the cantina in, in, in Star Wars mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the 10, four or the, whatever is it? The 10, four lounge. I 10, I, uh, 10 forward, 10 forward. That was okay. Right. Yeah. From um, the next generation. Yeah. I think it's called 10 forward. Yeah. Um, Something like that. You know, so they have like all these like name drinks. And so for people who are like super fans, it's like one of those things. It's, it's more about the experience, I think, than anything when you're really engrossed into a fandom that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when people go to Disney world, I mean, Disney world. Okay. I've been to Florida like a million times. I have never been to Disney world or Disney. It, is it Disneyland or Disney world? That's in Florida. I could never remember. World is in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So I've never been. And you know, there's like, I, I've always felt like there's like a status like thing. <laughs> like when people can afford to go to Disney, I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> whoa they must be rolling in it um, because my dad made it seem like it was an unattainable goal and while uh-huh. it is certainly um expensive you go there because it's an experience you go there because you grew up with these cartoon characters and you want to experience you know the 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 world of disney yeah and so i totally understand why people drop the kind of money that they drop for these like week-long vacations at disney world um what I, I don't, have you seen this? Like, there are people that are complaining about, like, adults without children going to Disney World. And they're complaining because they make the lines longer so that the kids have to wait. And that, like, one person said there was, like, a couple that was, like, kissing each other and they felt like it was inappropriate. Um, just people, and I mean, these, these parents are going on social media and, like, reaming uh, you know, adults without children, like a new it's, butthole. Yeah, it's just it's just another, you know, vocal minority of numbskulls. You know, to 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 even begin to have the thought process of Disney is for us and not you because you don't have a kid. That is the most mind-bogglingly stupid thought process I could ever imagine. For, you know, the idea of of a theme park, you know, you should right. only have a kid if you come to Disney. That's just just get out. Just get out. At this point, just get out. <laughs> I can't deal with that. And that's that's so far outside the box of thinking that I can't I don't even know how to respond to it. So just get out. Yeah, no, it, it's super frustrating because especially, you know, we were just talking about the cost of, of Disney mm-hmm. World. It, it, it is very expensive. And like I grew up in a poor family. So that experience for me as a child was super out of reach. Like that was mm-hmm. never going to happen. So I feel like as an adult who doesn't have children, 
if I want to go and have that experience as an adult, now that I'm not, you know, living off of government cheese, like, who are you to shit on my parade? Yeah. You know, just because you're like all about your kids having this great experience. Well, what about the people who used to be kids that couldn't afford it? I feel like it's very um, rude to assume why people are going to Disneyland as adults without kids. Like, their kids what if, heart, what if they were an adult? Yeah. What if they were an adult that had kids and the kids, you know, got killed in an accident or something and they're there to just relive memories of their kids? I mean, F you. Right. They have no idea. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sorry that your kid had to wait in a line long. You know what? Yeah, I went to Cedar Point as a kid and I had to wait in lines because there was tons of adults there with no freaking kids and I never yep. complained. Yeah. <laughs> so deal with it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to go to Disney World as an adult. I'm going to do it. I don't have any plans, but I do have to go to Harry Potter World while I have, like, a chance because, again, that's an experience I feel like I absolutely have to have as a Harry Potter fan. So You don't want to do the uh, the Star Wars World in Disneyland? I, you know, I kind of do. I kind of do. But, like, okay, so I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. But if I, I – I've always been more of a Star Trek. Like, okay. it, it, and only because that was what – like my dad, <clears throat> my dad watched both, but like because Star Wars was just movies and Star Trek, you had like all of these episodes. Mm -hmm. So me and my dad would watch, um, he showed me some of the old episodes from the original series because he had them on, uh, he had them on like DVD. And then, um, you know, we, then he started me on the next generation. And like I, when I started watching next generation, I was at an age where it just really spoke to me as like how we should be as people and how we should treat each other mm -hmm. and how we should always seek peace and unity and to overlook the differences between ourselves. And just, you know, it, it helped to mold a lot of my morality, I guess, is the best way to sure. put it. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of half the point of Star Trek. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love Star Wars. I think there's so much going on in the universe. It's so interesting. It's like this huge space opera. But for me, Star Trek has always been like going home. So yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely do it. Um, but I got to go to Harry Potter world first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to get me that butterbeer, you know, <laughs> I got to get me a wand. <laughs> There's going to be so many kids there that are pissed because I'm going to be spending all this money and I'm just going to have an armload of crap. Yeah, get out of the way, old lady. Yeah, I know. I'm going to. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get jumped and they're going to steal my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to take karate classes before I go. Heck yeah. I'm going to karate chop little kids. Do you see? Like, I'm just making myself seem like such a good person right now. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't karate chop any kids unless they jump me. You know what's funny is, is the Star Wars world. Um, I for me I would be like, yeah, I got to go to Star Wars world, but I, it was never a rush thought process for me because I assumed it was just going to be a madhouse, like an absolute madhouse when it opened. And I see pictures of people going to this place, and it doesn't look any busier than. You know, I ever see Disney, which is really weird. It's almost like people 
also are waiting because they figure the crowds are going to be too big. You know, there's people that's like taking pictures next to the Millennium Falcon and there's like nobody in, in the screen besides them. I'm like, how is this happening? So, you know, I, I, everybody that's gone that I know has loved it. So um, I can only assume it will, uh, you know, it'll grow in crowds. But um, it, it feels very weird right now that I see all these pictures that are just kind of empty from people except for whoever is supposed to be in the picture. So, um, but I, I definitely, I, I used to have season passes for Disney when, when I lived in California. And um, for me, it was, it was more, how do I just go outside and do something and just get out of my office and, and stop writing and stop worrying about comics? Like it was a really cool thing to just be able to go down and um, spend four or five hours and then go home versus, you know, Hey, we're going to spend like four days here and it's going to be like a giant vacation. That seems like a, a real kind of a, almost more of a hassle, but I get it. I mean, neither of us lives in, in Florida or California anymore. So if you want to do it, that's kind of how you have to do it. Right. Um, I've been to both. I've been to Disneyland and Disney world. Disney world is each one has its own little small differences. Um, but, uh, you know, with Disneyland, you have the California Adventure option, too, which I guess is being completely modified into something else. But you do have two parks out there, whereas with Disneyland, I guess you have there's like a, a series of parks. Well, I guess, that's part of partially universal, too. But mm-hmm. there's all kinds of theme parks out in Florida where they all kind of interconnect with all these extra pieces. So um, I don't know. I guess you kind of have to do both to, to get, you know, the each unique experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it like just I can just hear my bank account draining. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, money. <laughs> I had you for such a short time. It was good while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but such Absolutely. Is life. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is an experience that you get to have in life is is very cool. And especially if it's something again from like a fandom or something that really means a lot to you, whether it's traveling Mm -hmm. to like a country where like your family came from or, you know, something that might cost a lot of money, but in the end that experience is worth way more than you're spending on it. So I say, if you can do it, you can't take the money with you, go have those experiences and find that joy in life and don't let anybody tell you, you can't do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> that's rude. It's, yeah. Yep. Um. Well, we're actually we're we're down to the last few minutes of the show. Look at that. We, you know, it's funny. We started this episode going like, you know, what what are we going to talk about? And we made it. I, we just we're so good at this. We're so good at the BS, man. <laughs> Clearly, we are at at the top of the game of podcasts right now. I mean, <laughs> there's no one who comes close to what we do here. Uh, no one. No, because no we, it's, all. it's all just cold. everything we do is cold. It's just boom, we're on. Okay, let's let's shoot the crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are we are pretty good at talking. I'm proud of us. And this is fun too. So absolutely. Well, and we'll we'll uh, we'll gather uh, at uh, at Michigan Comic Con, which you're going to be at uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. Oh yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be at Michigan Comic Con. I believe my booth is A8, and cool. uh, that is uh, at Kobo. Um, in downtown Detroit, uh, Friday the 16th through Sunday the 18th. So I'll be there all day, every day. And um, uh, Michael Dorn is going to be there, too. 
And I'm just like, speaking of Star Trek, Michael Dorn's <laughs> going to be there. So I'm and and uh, Neville. I don't remember his real name, but Neville's going to be there. Who's Neville? I don't know Neville. Uh, from Harry Potter. He was the oh. goofy looking one that grew up to be super hot. Okay. Yeah. I, Neville, you know, Neville Longbottom. Um, but he's going to be there. So that's really cool, too. So, yeah, if you're um, in the Detroit area or, you know, Toledo area, it's worth the drive up to Detroit for Michigan Comic Con. The setup there, uh, wide, uh, very wide aisles. So you can peruse stuff without having to, like, stop every five seconds because there's too many people in one aisle. That was, you know, one of the greatest experiences I've had perusing booths at a convention. Uh, I went last year, but I did not get a table because of that reason. I wanted to see how they were going to lay it out. And I enjoyed how they did it so much that I got a table this year. So yes. Very good. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come visit. And then uh, in two weeks, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the show, how it went for you and, uh, see what else we can come up with. Oh, I'm sure, you know, maybe next week or the next show, we'll talk maybe about convention strategies. And, sure. You know, maybe some of our experiences with good and bad conventions. We don't have to name them because, you know, it, it's not about putting anybody on the spot, but it's about knowing your audience, right. knowing, you know, Knowing some of the people that put these shows on and, and how they advertise and how they are going to help support um, Artist Alley and Small Press. Uh, so, yeah, I think that'd be actually kind of a, a fun topic. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Comic-Con 101. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, Tom, it has been lovely. And uh, until next time... Uh, in two weeks, we will see you back on another page turner.